This podcast is sponsored by Underdog. Want to make money making picks on MLB games? Then you have to try Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. In Underdog's Pick'em game, you just pick your favorite baseball players and predict whether they will go higher or lower on stats like strikeouts, hits, and more. Pick the two to five players, get all your picks right, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Be sure to sign up with the promo code PITCHERLIST and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100 so you have some bonus cash to start playing with. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy com or underdog fantasy in the app store sign up with promo code pitcher list and get your first deposit doubled up to $100 must be 18 year older 19 year older in Alabama and Nebraska 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates terms apply concerned with your play call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org in Arizona call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in New York call 1-877-8 Hope and why in Tennessee call 1 800 889 What is happening? Welcome to episode 410 of On the Corner, the official. PitcherList.com podcast. I am not your host, Nick Pollock, and I'm so excited because we have a new era today. Something brand new, something different. We have the new co-host, the real real host of On the Corner joining today, and his name is Eric Samolski. Eric, thank you so much for being here and being a part of this podcast. Thank you. I'm, I, I was happy to, you know, to get the offer from you. We were happy to talk about it. I mean, you know, you and I have chatted on a few podcasts um and i was i was super excited obviously you know nobody can fill alex's shoes um but you know i can wear some approximation of that <laughs> yeah exactly and i uh, you know i don't know if they're gonna be as colorful as his his he, i don't know if you've seen his shoes his shoes you shoot game is good it's mine not. is not mine is not <laughs> especially now that i have a, a small child my shoes are pre-laced so that i can mm. slide them on and off as quickly as possible to get in and out of the house there you go so, yeah. Uh, but yeah um eric uh, i know a lot of people listening know of your work already of course many of you many of you listening right now maybe don't know eric uh, eric tell everybody about yourself and why uh you know why you're here sure um well it all goes back to brooklyn um, where, where Nick and I went to rival high schools, um, which is actually, which is, is true. Um, yes. Nick and I both played, uh, grueling private school baseball. Oh my gosh. Uh, the in, most grueling there is. Yes, it was. It's cutthroat. Um, no, so, uh, so I grew up in New York, played baseball, uh, went to college to play baseball. Um, and I played, um, a year professionally overseas after that. Um, and so baseball's kind of always been like a first love for me. Um, I was also an English teacher for a long time. So the writing about sports kind of came through that. Um, I started writing at Rotoballer about four years ago, covering football and baseball for them. Um, and I've won a couple of FSWA awards for Heck a yeah, series. Um, a seri- I, I mainly, as a catcher, I mainly focus on pitchers um, because – as you know, we catchers like to analyze and psychoanalyze pitchers. Um, Absolutely. 
Yeah. So, so that's been my primary focus. Um, and then, uh, as of July, I started at, uh, NBC sports and Roto world. So I'm, I'm over at Roto world now still doing baseball content and football content. Um, I have a series called, uh, mixing it up where I look at pitch mix changes over, you know, the last two, three, four starts to kind of see, um, if there's any trends we can spot and any, any performances. And there are some guys we're going to talk about today who I have written about who, um, it's just some gross deep league things that uh, have really there you go. Kind of see, peaked, see, this is why, see, as you guys can tell, I clearly got the right man. I know he's a pelican. I'm a lion. Those were yeah. our mascots. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and, one know, is that, far more, uh, far more fur- fur- uh, yeah, right. I was going to say furious, intimidating than the other. Yeah, like you'd be like, oh yeah, pelicans. All right, we're going to just go ladle up some fish today. Yeah. Because um, that's what, that's Wait, what their point, app is. You know? Points for being unique though. I mean, you know, yeah. how many pelicans do you really know? Uh, New Orleans. Yeah. You know, also they're, they're pretty creepy and intimidating in their own right. <laughs> well, well, yeah, well, they put some eyebrows on it, sure, uh, yeah. but, <laughs> but no, actually it does sound like the Pelican and the lion sounds like a wonderful podcast, just name in general. Love it. And it uh, yeah, that is stuff. the new era, the new chapter of on the corners, the Pelican and the lion. Uh, but no guys, we're just really excited about this. I, uh, I mean, I, I've known Eric for a bit now and it's just instantly was like, oh yeah, you can hear his background. You can hear just, uh, you know, how, I uh, this is clearly going to be like the right fit that we're looking for. So I'm just so excited to work with you, Eric. And, uh, we've got things to talk about today. We're we three do. weeks out from the end of the year. This is the last like weird list. Next week, I'm just going to do, I think two weeks of just sit, start. Like what, what's the point, you know, just whatever, <laughs> sit, start next 14 every single day you know mapped out and uh a lot of you guys complained and you wanted an actual list so fine i did it i gave you a ranking it's the worst ranking i'll ever have but i ranked them in all 30 teams and uh we're gonna we're gonna go through all of them today uh, and all, all 30 teams and eric is so good at this he's like nick i got it i already have a theme i know what you do here I do. we're gonna have a theme so so eric what is today's theme Sure. So uh, I'm a little bit of a, of a snack fiend. Okay. Um, my my nickname with my friends is Big Snack. Is um, that right? It is. Yeah. My they call my, my they call my son Lil Snack. Um, That's amazing. And he this kid puts away some food. Um, so yeah. <laughs> so so we're gonna do. We're our theme's gonna be just plain old simple types of snacks. There we, okay. Um, we we got a lot of teams to get through. I I I knew that cleaning products was not up your alley. Um, I can't so, name thirty cleaning products, Adam. Right. Come yeah. on. Not only not only do we need thirty, but we need a clear differentiation of is this good? Right. Is this bad? It's just Does this make me product. feel sick? No. Does it not? You know. Absolutely. So if you're, but this is where, and this is where we'll get to know each other because, like, say you throw in like a peeps, like to me, mm. disgusting. But Absolutely maybe not disgusting. to you. Who no. knows? Well, I mean, it looks like on the outside, peeps feel like a good idea, kind of like candy corn. And you're like, no, this is yeah. not this is not the choice I should have made. Sure. Candy corn. Yeah. We'll get to the re- now. I, I yeah, can yeah. see your the wheels in your brain oh, are churning. No, no um, idea, Eric. So, no idea. So as Nick mentioned, we're going to go team by team. Um, the article, which is up right now, which you can see, uh, has the teams listed in alphabetical order. So that's how we're going to go through. Nick has uh, mentioned um, where the starts are, you know, first start, second start, third. Potentially for some guys, they have four starts left. Um, they are perfectly color coded um, for you to decide, you know, even if you don't like 
know the teams as well. You can know, oh, red, no, oh, green, good. Go. So, right. you know, if you want to go through, look at it that way. Um, Nick mentioned last week, I'll let you reiterate this time, how many starts, if you're planning, how many starts are you really looking at? Are you looking at the third or fourth start mm. or do you want people to really kind of focus on first and second? So I'm actually really focused on the short term. I think uh, the last week of the season is the stupidest week of the year. Uh, I talk about it a lot when I do my streaming picture, pictures. I don't know if you actually t- play that game at all of like every day trying to rank the pitchers and stuff. Uh, but it's it gets so hard at the end of the year. I remember last year I was trying to I was at 99 wins for the year. And mm-hmm. I needed to get one in like the last four games and I couldn't get it. I was stuck at 99 and it was the most yeah. painful thing in the world. So trying to plan for the last week of the year, not going to not going to work out in your favor. Go short term much more than uh, last two weeks. Not to mention schedules might change where someone who you weren't going to target all of a sudden, maybe now he gets a good start and there you have the switch you want to make. So most important next week or two here. Yeah. And as we talk about this too, people sometimes believe that, we don't need to think about ratios at this point. Like your ratios are kind of locked in. I'm chasing wins. I'm chasing wins. Uh, just keep an eye on it. Like you can still drop points in ratios. It's great to chase wins. But if you're in a situation where that pitcher could really get blown up, just, you know, keep those in mind. And we'll, we'll go through these guys as we, as those situations as we go through all the pitchers. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right. So, so we got snacks. Let's, is that right? Yeah. Snacks. Type of snacks. Okay. It's a broad category. So how, you know, savory, sweet, however you want to go about it. Oh, um, What's the first team, Eric? We're going to start right with the uh, with the snakes, the Arizona Diamondbacks. Um, five starters right now. Ryan Nelson, Zach Gowan, Merrill Kelly, Brandon Fott, Zach Davies. Um, they get the Mets and the Cubs in their first uh, next run ups and then the Giants after that. Are there any of these guys you're you're really interested in besides Zach Gallen, who is an ace? Sure. Uh, so this is the trail mix. Uh, you put your hand in, and if you get, you know, I, I never, I never wanted like an almond. I never wanted a raisin. I always was. I was a kid. I was like, please give me the M and M, maybe the peanut. Okay. I. Uh, I mean, Gallen, of course, is an ace. Merrill Kelly essentially is your fantasy ace. I don't want to call him an ace, but let's just be honest. There's no way you're not starting him. Mets, um, Giants, and, and White Sox moving forward. The others, like, uh, Ryan Nelson was supposed to come back from the minors and have this new cutter, and I was so excited, and I saw the AAA starts. I was like, oh, hey, all right, maybe this is a decent cutter, and he's always had this good fastball, and the cutter was supposed to be the, I don't know, the, the answer, and they threw, like, 11 of them. Oh, no, sorry, six of them, and I'm just, what is going on? Why? No. So maybe that does change um, against the Mets, but and then maybe you want to jump back in for the Yankees in the third start he gets. Probably not. Brandon Fott, I don't really care about. I feel like the four-seamer and the sweeper aren't that good, and he still has a home run problem, but maybe against the White Sox. Well, Zach Davies, I could not care less. Like, no, go away. I think we keep trying to make Brandon Fott a thing, Um, and I'm not (laughs) saying he won't be eventually. I just I can't. I can't do it anymore. I I don't necessarily even really care what the matchups are. Like, from the start when they brought him up earlier in the year and and his the front office was like, he gives up contact. He's going to give up some home runs and we're going to work through that. It's like, they're basically just telling you the type of pitcher that yeah. he is. Like he pitches to contact. He's going to give up home runs. You're like, oh, yeah. okay. Um, and, and that has borne out. I mean, that fastball is not missing bats at this level. I wanted it to be. No. I thought it was supposed to be great. It's not. Yeah. 
It's not. It has a below a sub eight percent swing and strike rate, no. uh, and it gives up twelve percent barrel rate. So no, no. thanks. And the change the changeup has almost a twenty percent barrel rate against. Like yeah, I just can't I mean, do it. It, it, it. The changeup sometimes shows up, sometimes it doesn't. Like recently, it's just been four seam or sweeper, and that sweeper just gets in the zone too. It's also a, a called strike heavy sweeper in my view. Like it's a zone heavy one is what I really should say, which can be good, but then. It can't, you know, it breaks the Wascarinoa rule, which is you have a really good mm. breaking ball and then nothing really else to support it. Uh, Brandon Foffer is just not really that guy, but he has gone six innings constantly. And the Yankees and the White Sox are not the most intimidating stuff. So I believe he's in like either the questionable or the unlikely tier. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to be chasing Brandon Foffer. Well, Zach Davies, again, change up. Yeah, but even if it's working, it doesn't really, it's not really something you want to chase. Yeah. Depends on your level of desperation. But you mentioned yeah. you, Oscar Yanoa, which is a perfect segue. Thank you. It's like you're hosting the show yourself. Um, we're moving to the Atlanta Braves, who are next up. Um, rotation of Max Fried, Spencer Strider, Bryce Elder, Charlie Morton, and Kyle Wright yeah. is back in action. Um, their next series, they get the Phillies, the, the Marlins, the Phillies again, and then a pretty strong end of the year, but not great schedules up top. Which of these pitchers are you actually trusting? Well, and what is there? I, sorry, and sorry, I, I'm new here, guys. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna forget some things. Um, what's this tier called and why? Or what's this yeah, team called and why? There it is. I. Uh, <laughs> this is the the full size candy bar. So like you're, uh, it's trick or treating. You know, it's a snack that you want is a full on candy bar when you go into your bag later, and you always want it to be Atlanta. You just to pitch for Atlanta is just a wonderful thing. Uh, so this entire team is that. It's kind of also poetic that the two best pitchers that you're going to start anyway of Max Fried and Strider are going against the toughest matchups of of the Phillies, which is great. Let them handle it. You're still going to start them. They could do great there. And then Bryce Elder gets two nice starts, and that's kind of cool. Very cool. And then Charlie Morin, who the heck knows? And then there's Kyle Wright of just. I, I kind of hate that he's back, honestly, because it means Alan Winans doesn't get more starts. Mm-hmm. Maybe Winans finds a way to get it. Uh, Kyle Wright could be decent. I mean, I don't know what he did today yet. He uh, he gave up six runs on ha! six hits in three innings. Oh, boy. Uh, oh, two boy. walks, three strikeouts. Um, oh, no. Nick Nick hasn't yet watched this game because he was too busy injuring his back. Yeah, I, I, I got um, back playing to basketball <laughs> again. And then I did a beautiful move into the zone. You know, I faked the right, you know, faked the right post, then up fake right. And then pump once, and then you go again. And now they've already gone in the air after the early fake that they thought was, you know, that was a double fake, right? And then I went up, got it, and it came back on my foot, and then my back just crunched. And I'm like, this is not life that I want. Yeah. Um, it's terrible. But Kyle Wright, I'm seeing right now in Savan, you're zero for 16 whiffs on the curveball. And it's always been this way of Kyle Wright's best thing is his curveball. Everything goes through that. Everything else, a slider, four seamer, sinker, cutter, changeup, whatever you want to say. Is so dependent on that, on that curveball, thirteen percent CSW. That's not going to cut it. Um, no. So this is what it still is, and why that exists. And now I see this, and I think, I mean, I'll watch it, but I know what's going to be. <laughs> yeah. Oh my I, gosh, you just missed so badly with those sliders too. Jesus, he's so not there. Yeah, I feel like it might be a get him for the Nationals and two starts, but um, maybe. maybe pass on the Marlins. I mean, do you want to stash though, like? Yeah, I mean, well, it's, it's he's not gonna, he's going to be on the wire for it. So just yeah. watch what happens to the Marlins, and then we go from there, right? Yeah. Um, um, in some NFBC right. leagues, I know he was pre-stashed because, you know, people are, are desperate. Sure. 
Um, I got that. We'll we, find some desperate guys. We got some. We've got another uh, injured returning starter leading the way for our next team, which is the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, mm-hmm. Rotation, John Means, Kyle Gibson, Kyle Bradish. Jack Flaherty, Grayson Rodriguez, Dean Kremers, the old six man. Um, what is this team called and why is it called that? This one's Cheetos. And like not the under the curl ones. The, uh, the the these are like S tier. The thing is though, it feels really good because they get lots of wins. They have a wonderful home park. You know, they have guys like Grayson Rodriguez and Kyle Brash, who's just killing it for even Dean Kramer. You feel really clever that you have them on your team. But then sometimes you just you get it all on your fingers. You know, mm. and there's no good way to enjoy this. <laughs> I do it with I literally do it with a fork. I, I I stick it. I stick the fork into the bag and that's how I eat. Sometimes even with a no, spoon. No, you don't. I do. You I don't eat Cheetos with a fork, do you? I do. I do. Because that, I want to use my might keyboard. be more offensive than eating pizza with a knife and a fork. No, we're going to have to I'm gonna have to ask. The, there is an obvious. Ask, ask the Discord no, 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 channel. No, no, no. I don't know. Absolutely <laughs> not. Uh, this makes all the sense. Every that's the number one complaint about Cheetos. Not about pizza. Everyone's fine with pizza. I'm fine. I can move on with life when I have pizza with my hands, right? Cheetos. No, I can't. I can't touch anything. I can't do anything because now I got all this stuff and it doesn't come off. It's all there. But I get like a big spoon in there and I just go, okay, this is easy. This ain't so bad. Sometimes it's a fork. You know, you just put it in a big bowl and like yeah, pig trough it with your face. Yeah, sometimes, just... you know, sometimes you just pour it, you know, roll it into your mouth. Absolutely. But sure. right, that's, that's what it is. The Orioles, it isn't perfect, but you still I'm like, I'm going to enjoy this. You know, yeah. that's the Orioles for you. And uh, I'm curious, just I'm, we'll go slower on, or we'll go quicker on some other teams, but I am curious your take on, on Jack Flaherty. Cause I just felt like mm. when he, Came over to Baltimore. There were some people that were buying in on a, a bounce back. Then he had the, sure. obviously had that huge velo bump in the first start. And then things just kind of got back to normal. But I think people are still buying in because he's in Baltimore. Are you just fully kind of treating him as he was before the trade? Uh, well, I think that Jack Flaherty is a better pitcher than the results have been recently for him. I mean, he didn't pitch that great against uh, the Red Sox, but that was in Fenway. Um, his slider, I think, is better than it was before. Well, it's really the cutter, I guess. If you want to say that with the Orioles, which is so funny to say, like, hey, they encourage someone to throw a cutter. What, what is this world? Um, but the four-seamer, I think, is better than it used to be. The curveball, he's getting it down for a good amount, too. And I think the results just haven't gone his way uh, more so than him just being bad. I mean, he faced the Astros, the Padres, Rocky Road, um, Diamondbacks, and Fenway. And at least he got seven strikeouts against the Diamondbacks. I... I kind of see it as a possibility and more of as a cherry bomb thing is though it is the Rays, and that's not always the most fun thing ever you get the guardians which could be okay and the red sox well in camden could be all right so i'm not going to rule it out it could be a decent win chance as well but he's not someone that i'm forcing myself to hold in leagues sure and that's a down the the way question with the red sox but again something to keep in mind you know when you were talking about earlier teams that are out of it start to sit guys you get yeah. somebody like Justin Turner playing through a, a heel issue if they get eliminated, you know, so always just keep an eye on that kind of stuff with lineups. Um, when you start to see teams fall out of it, who they start sitting. Absolutely. Um, speaking of the Red Sox, they are our next team uh, with the just dynamic rotation. That is Nick Pavetta, Tanner Houck, Chris Sale, Brian Bayo, and Cutter Crawford. Um Earlier on your, when you were making the list, you asked, am I missing somebody? Um, and the answer is no, this is, <laughs> this is everybody. Um, so what is this team called and why is it called that? Yeah. I, oh gosh, this is, this is when you go to your friend's place 
and you go into their pantry and you want something and it's all just health food you know and you're just like wait what like am i supposed to what am i supposed to do with this you know and you, you went like, into my you, you went know? into my childhood pantry yeah there it is oh god <laughs> yeah. was that you oh, my, so it wasn't even health food my mom was just like if we have it in the house we're going to eat it right so, so we still don't have it oh, i had yeah. a lot of apples <laughs> had a lot of apples as snacks as a kid there you go uh yeah. It's funny. I like my my household. Like I wasn't really allowed to have many snacks and stuff. So I had a friend of mine who just their parents were like, "Whatever you want, we, we're gonna have." What you make your request to the grocery list, and then you have all the things you can just have it whenever you want. Oh my gosh, it was heaven. Oh man, going mm-hmm. to to Ben Dean's house. Oh, that was so great. Um, but uh, but yeah, the Red Sox are that health store, and just yeah, all of this. I mean, Nick Pavetta. I don't want to touch. I I don't trust this command right now. Tanner Houck, it breaks the Wasker and Noah rule if you start him because um, it's just a good slider, nothing else. Chris Sale's velocity is going down. Uh, Brian Bayo, it's the it's the Jays and the Rangers and then the Rays. And I don't think he does anything too exceptional. Mm-hmm. Bayo is a sinker changeup guy. He has a new slider that is kind of interesting, but it's not really, it's it. I want to take steps forward and it's just not. So it's not a difference maker for me. And the four-seamer he doesn't really trust or command well. And then there's Cutter Crawford, who has this start against the White Sox that might work out well. Maybe he did well enough today that we get really encouraged. But then against the Yankees, who have, like, what, two hits in the past four games or something? Oh, it rained out today. It got rained out. Yeah, it'll be a doubleheader tomorrow. Great. Love that roundup for me tomorrow. It's going to be awesome. Uh, (laughs) But, uh, I mean, it's kind of like it is with John Means a bit, which I, I forgot to mention in the last one. I'm sure people are curious, but what do we do with John Means? It's uh, with him. I'm not going to really start him against the Cardinals because he was at 91, 93 or sorry, 91 in his rehab starts. And he's like thrown a ton of them. He threw like 87 pitches Mm -hmm. in his last one or something ridiculous. So he's going to at least have a high pitch count, but it's not the 93 plus that we got excited about initially. John means before the Tommy John changeup was a little bit floated, not as down as much as I really want it to be. Breaking balls were okay. So it could be a decent first start back against the Cardinals was still a little risky. And then it's Houston after. So you're really not going to go after means if you're interested in this until the Guardians um, in like two weeks. And you can stash that if you want, but then you can't really make any moves if you pick him up now and then put him in the IL spot. You're not allowed to do anything. So I don't know if I really want to invest in that with John Means. We don't know how good that's going to be. It could be like massive. It's just going to take a while and it's a big question mark. So I don't really want to go for that one. Um, the other guys you're fine with. I mean, Dean Kramer, Chris Rodriguez, Brad, as you're going to start and Gibson, you never do. Um, but your Red Sox, I mean, how do you feel about your Red Sox guys? Like, you know, you can't feel good Not, about any of them, right? I don't feel good about any of them. No. Um, Bayo, to your point, same thing. Like his best pitch is a changeup, um, which is great, but it's it he doesn't utilize it in a way where he's like really getting lots of swings and misses. Um, it is a hard thing to get strikeouts when your primary strikeout pitch is or swing and miss pitch is a changeup. Um, he induces a lot of soft contact. He's never really gonna, I mean. I don't want to jinx it. He usually doesn't get lit up. Um, you know, he'll he'll be fine with your ratios, but like there's a lot of, you know, as you put it, like pretty quality starts. Um, right. There's a lot of just like, you know, right down the middle, maybe you get four strikeouts in six innings, three runs. Like it, it's not it's not great. And they're not in matchups right now where you're playing for the win, right? You're not yeah, playing for the win against the, against the, uh, against, you know, the Rangers, like these aren't matchups you're playing for a win. So I I sat him in a lot of 
leagues. Uh, I'm excited for the future and not so much for the last three starts. Yeah, it's kind of interesting with that changeup with Bayo um, because it does. I mean, it is like a, a super high swing strike rate percentile, like 92nd on a changeup. Mm-hmm. But it's you know it doesn't, as you mentioned, like being a changeup first guy. Changeups are going to earn more uh, swing strike rate. Like, sorry, it's going to be a weirder swing strike rate to strikeout ratio, uh, because it's it's just generally worse as like a put away pitch than it is a uh, than you see with like a slider or a curveball. Yeah, um, it's you, like really like oh 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 one when guys are selling mm-hmm. or sorry or two one or something when they're selling out for a fastball. You get yes. that, but then at two strikes they'll lean in and go down and foul those off or put those in play a little bit more. Uh, and when it comes to put away rate, I, to his credit. Bayo has a really good 91st percentile per, uh, put away rate on the changeup. So with two strikes when he throws it, 26% of the time that's a strikeout, which is really good for one. But I mean, the singer's 8% swing strike rate and nothing else gets whiffs. And to rely only on that changeup is why it's a 20% K rate for Bayo. Yeah, I was going to say as, as a hitter, the changeup is great when you're sitting fastball. Um, and you can take right. the VLO off of it. Um, so, you know, unless he's in a, you know, Two zero three two counts. Um, it's not as impactful. Right. It, it's what's kind of interesting if you look at all like the elite pitchers. Uh, I mean, sure, Gosman is different. Gosman's a different breed, and I will say splitters also generally more effective as strikeout pitches than changeups in general. Um, but guys like uh, Pablo Lopez and Luis Castillo, who are primarily initially just fastball changeup guys, they didn't become elite starters until they developed something else. You know, mm-hmm. Castillo now arguably changeups his fourth best pitch. You could even say, right. uh, with the sinker even stepping up above it, and the slider forcing being the main main pairing now. And then Pablo Lopez. I mean, he has like five pitches now. He learned a sweeper with the with uh, drive line in the off season. He's throwing harder on the forcing, but that that earned what, what was it like thirteen over thirty six whiffs on Sunday? It was ridiculous. The changeup is nice when it's there, but it's not the focus like it used to be, and so. When I see, yeah, I mean, I think this is what you're saying was when you see a fastball changeup guy, it's a limited ceiling. Yeah. Um, it's why we hate Gavin Stone, guys. We don't want to go after Gavin Stone. Yeah. So, so I, I think we're on board of, of moving on from Bayo or benching Bayo in a lot of yeah. leagues. There's another changeup heavy young pitcher on the next team. It's Jordan Wicks uh, mm. for the Chicago Cubs. Chicago Cubs rotation Javier Assad, Jamison Tyon, Justin Steele, Kyle Hendricks, Jordan Wicks. A lot of names that people who don't closely follow baseball anymore would say, who? Um, but it's the Chicago Cubs. What's this team called and why is it called that? I've got a good one for this. and I'm going to tell you after this break. Fads come and go and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom has created weight management programs that are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. So stop chasing health trends and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. 
When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat, and that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain, and they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. All right, so the Cubs, what's the name? Why is it? Oh, I thought I had a good one. Completely forgot. No, uh, this one is uh, is peanut butter. So like, you know, when you're hungry and it's like, you know, I just need something that's kind of solid. And yeah. I'm like, I just need a little bit of it. I don't want to go in for, I don't want to sit down and just house a whole thing of peanut butter. But you know what? I'm just going to put a spoon in and maybe just enjoy some peanut butter on a spoon. Yeah, love it. You know, that's, uh, I mean, I know Ted Lasso had the little finger thing. But I, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, that's the Cubs because like, yeah, if Justin Steele is like solid, right? Kyle Hendricks for two starts, Arizona, Rocky Road. Oh yeah. You know, you're going to get some good stuff there. James and Tyone is strange. We're going to imagine you have some things about him and also with Jordan Wicks, uh, change of focus is great. The thing that's different with him though, is he has a cutter that actually is really good too. And I, I think there's still some polish to add with it, but there is potential with it. And then he does go inside with his fastballs, which I love as a lefty. It's the number one skill I look for is, are you throwing your fastballs with confidence inside to right-handers? It's more important as a lefty to do that instead of a righty to lefties because you're going to face more right-handers. Um, and that is normally the weakness. Every lefty, if you just have a decent breaking ball or le- a slider, you're going to be fine against lefties. Uh, but if you can't handle right-handers, and generally you do that with fastballs inside, you're going to have problems. And Jordan Wicks can do really well with them, so I kind of dig him. And I know that you're a little bit out the name you didn't even mention, which is Javier Assad. Um, and I know in the comments you mentioned he lost the cutter. Um, and he has so far in early September. The results were so good in, yeah. in August. I know it might be tough for the next start, um, which is against which is oh, in boy. Coors, um, which actually was was today. We could probably look it up. Um, but you've got um Pittsburgh and then Colorado on the at home in Chicago. I feel like this is still a guy who everybody kind of wrote off, but there there are some interesting there's an interesting skill set in there. I mean, the slider he doesn't throw a lot, but it does miss some bats. Um, you know, there's the sinker cutter four seam mix creates a little bit of you know mm-hmm. uh, deception for hitters, like induces some soft contact. I don't know. I, I've talked myself into him in the past. Sure. Uh, yeah. So it's uh, it's it's Jordan Wicks in course tonight, I think, and okay. then I uh, and then Javier side. Yeah, on Tuesday. It's tomorrow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But then again, right. This is coming out Tuesday morning. So today, what is today? Okay. What uh, is today? <laughs> what is it? <laughs> Human construct. I <laughs> uh, yeah. With Assad, I mean, it's one of those things. Like you see a guy who okay cutters away to right handers, sinkers inside. That was he's been doing that, and that's how he's been getting through these games without like the most 
overwhelming pitch mix or, you know, highest strikeout totals, all that kind of stuff. And that's how you do that. Assad lost it completely last time. If he doesn't have that cutter, it's totally broken. Now it's one start. You never know what to do after one start because you want to say mm-hmm. it's a trend away. But for a guy like Assad, that was a so reliant on it and B kind of propped up out of nowhere. And uh, it didn't seem like it was something that was going to last forever. Seems more re- likely that it was just a hot stretch. The kind of thing of Ben Lively throwing all those amazing sliders before, and it was just like gone after like three or four starts, right? And uh, it kind of feels like that with the side. And it was very clear to sit, sit him against the the Rockies in, in Colorado. But if he has a cutter back there, then maybe, okay, Pittsburgh, Oakland. Or sorry, uh, Rocky Road, I should say. That could be really nice with him. Jameson Tyum doing the thing that he was doing in New York. Four seamers upstairs finally getting whiffs with that. And he went away from it a bit. Got it back, and the thing he didn't have in New York was he didn't have good secondaries underneath. Like, he was really inconsistent with it. He just had this amazing outing actually getting secondaries down. So it makes me very curious if that Pittsburgh start can be a one to circle if he has those skills again inside of course again that we're not starting. Then it's Atlanta after. Like, okay, this is easy decisions, y'all. Okay, that, that's the best part about this. You know, you don't really have to decide too much. Like, okay, if this is good, then this is fine. This is obviously bad, but then maybe Milwaukee after, right? Um, but yeah, with Wicks, I mean, I'm going to go after Arizona and Rocky Road. I don't really care about the starting cores. I feel like he's got enough. He's good. Yeah, and and the easy decisions should be for the next team to bench most of these pitchers, but the, the oh schedule is so enticing that it makes it. you want to talk yourself into them. And it's the Chicago White Sox, um, the powerhouse rotation of Tuki Toussaint, Mike Clevenger, Jose Urania, Jesse Schultons, and Dylan Cease. Um, what's this team called and why is it called that? This this is called the black licorice. Because, you know, like sometimes it's like, oh, it's licorice. Okay, this is cool. Like, no, 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 no. It, how does anyone like this? I don't get it. How, why is it so... Why does it exist so much or is so present that everyone knows what it is? How it, does it make enough money for this to like be in our zeitgeist, you know, I, I don't get it. Uh, and look, Mike Clevenger, I, I see against the Royals and the Nationals, he had an amazing outing against Oakland, and then he faltered against uh, what was it, the Tigers? It was he had like one amazing start against a bad opponent, one terrible start against a bad opponent, just recovered again. I don't know, man. I don't. I don't think that Clevenger is that good. It's sometimes his four seamer goes up to ninety seven, but it's really like ninety four. Some days he has a really good breaking ball. And this cutter, some days he doesn't. It's so volatile that you're not going to get wins with it. I, don't, I also just don't like him as a person. I don't want to rely on my Clevenger in the slightest. So I'm just going to avoid it. If you want to call it a cherry bomb, fine. And everyone else, I mean, Jesse Schulten's probably going to do well in one of these three, I guess. But do you want to do that? No. And Dylan Cease is the... Ugh, Dylan Cease. He's Dylan Cease right now. That's all I'm going to say. I have relied on Mike Clevenger, despite the fact that he's a horrible person. Um, (laughs) And for the most part, it's worked out. It's been this weird thing where like, you know, I mentioned that in my articles, I look at pitch mix trends and like in July, his results were really good. And you were like, oh, he's really leaned into the slider in July and the slider performed really well in the month of July. And you're like, all right, this is is working well for him. And then in August... He dropped the slider usage and he leaned really heavily into the changeup and the changeup performed really well. And you were like, oh, okay, so he can, he, you know, he can lean in this way. And I do think a lot of it is dependent, obviously, on the handedness of the lineups that he's facing. But what I, 
What I like about it from a streaming only perspective, obviously against, you know, particular offenses is I think that gives him a plan of attack regardless of the team, whether it's fastball slide or fastball changeup. And the pitches have performed well enough that I, I, you're not getting the old like 2019 Mike Clevenger where he's, you know, putting up double digit K per nine or whatever. But I think you can get some solid ratios and, you know, I, I don't want to bet on the White Sox for wins, even when they're facing the Nationals and the Royals, but at least it's like a coin flip in that situation. Yeah, I don't quite buy that his changeup is that good. Um, that That's the issue I have. I I mean, just from a, if I want to give one number, sure, what the heck. It's a 4.54 PLV, that is 22nd percentile. Uh, this is against lefties, um, specifically. Uh, not good. Uh, decent strike rate, 64% strike rate against them. Low hard contact allowed, good X average, and all that kind of stuff. But 60th percentile CSW on it. It's it, it, his locations of it are very much over the plate and not like traditionally when you look at strikes and plots of changeups, especially against left-handers, you see this kind of wave, which is a mm-hmm. diagonal line of the arm angle for the pitcher down and away. You know, it's just kind of like you take a 45 degree angle line and you cross through the bottom right hand box. And with Clevenger, it's known that's like a, I don't know, a full hand (laughs) with the palm in the middle of that box, but like index finger and thumb very much over the middle of it, you know? And I, I don't, I don't want to rely on that. Um, The slider, I'm very much understanding the slider can be very good. And yeah, it's not how it used to be in the, in back in the day. And the four seamer, I just don't think he commands well. Um, It's a cherry bomb to me. If you, want to go after it against one of these i mean yeah again i imagine one of those two of the royals and nationals probably will go well i don't know which one and uh the red Sox in fenway i don't want to do and against the padres mm-hmm. i don't want to do so i'll be obviously you know focusing on those individual days on my daily streaming rankings i'm going to have them as a questionable start in both of them and uh, i'm probably going to have other streamers that i'm going to rank above my clevenger personally and some of them might be on the next team, uh, which is the Cincinnati Reds, because their schedule is full of green. It's um, Brandon Williamson, Connor Phillips, Andrew Abbott, maybe? question mark, um, Ben Lively, and Hunter Green. Uh, what's this team called? Why is it called that? This one, you know, this is like the the twelve at midnight pizza. Okay, it's a oh. twelve a.m. pizza, right? Because, you know, you're, you're up, you're hungry, you're looking for something. And this, is, this looks appealing. This looks like, okay, you know, this could be what I need. But then the next day arrives and you're like, you know, I just added this extra cal- <laughs> calories to my life. Like, <laughs> I don't know if this really was the right decision for me to make. <laughs> okay. That's, uh, yeah, I've been, I felt that deep in my soul. <laughs> I've been there. Um, of any of these arms, um, are they? Would they make you go back for that other slice of pizza? Uh, I'm, I'm particularly curious what your take is on Brandon Williamson, who has been out for, you know, a few weeks, weeks yeah. almost for, on the you know the COVID IL. Um, he's coming back and he gets a two step right off the bat, mm. but we haven't seen him in a while. I don't know what your level of trust is. Yeah, so with Brandon Williamson, it's tough, right? could say it's still ill he didn't have his rehab at all or anything it was just like two weeks you're gone and now you get the tigers though i would imagine a you're probably going to see some limitation on pitch count probably down to like 80 or so i mean he did pitch he was just he was on the COVID il but it doesn't mean like you're not allowed to touch a baseball uh for two weeks 
Um, and I hope to see the velocity back over 94. He was originally at 92 at the beginning of the year. Now he's at 94, which is nice. The new changeup has been, or at least the the, the higher focus on the changeup, um, has helped him a lot. The Tigers are not very good. So I feel okay with it with Williamson. And I do imagine by the time Pittsburgh and St. Louis arrives, like he's in a good spot. The only real question is like, do you want to start him against the Twins, especially if it doesn't go great against the Tigers? Connor Phillips is a very interesting one. This is like yes. the oh, is this is this the thing, right? Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with my new team uh, term, shag rug. Do you know this one, Eric? Um, I don't. This is this is like okay. the last like three weeks or something. So did this over. rug this rug really ties the room together? Yeah. Oh, I, I like where your mind is, but that's not yeah. it. Um, I needed a term to say like, look, rookie pitchers when they come up the first year just innately have a lower floor mm-hmm. than veterans. That's always present. Even if they do well, they always have this floor. And that's what's a young man's floor. It's a shag rug. Okay. Uh, it's oh, what they okay. get. It's the first thing you get in your dorm room, you get a shag rug. And uh, so Connor Phillips has that, right? We don't really know how bad it can be. It's harder to go through adversity. Or so you're going you're gonna to go through adversity at some point. It's hard to deal with it as it happens the first time because you don't have any experience dealing with it. And I uh, counter Phillips knows that, okay, I throw 97 mile per hour fastball. So I've got this nice slider. Like that's what I do when that doesn't work. What is the fail safe? So I don't know yet, but he gets the tigers and throwing 97 with a good breaking ball. That could work. So I'm kind of curious about that one. And I'm curious, I'm curious where you're at with this. Yeah. I, I I'm big into counter Phillips. Um, you know, some of the prospect writers I follow on Twitter were, were hyping him up when he was destroying double a earlier in the year. And so I've just Mm -hmm. kind of been following him. Um, my takeaways from the first start are he didn't really have a home run problem in the minors. So I'm not overly concerned that he got bit by the long ball in the first start. What interested me is that he didn't seem to want to go inside to righties as a right handed Mm -hmm. pitcher with that fastball. Um, and so he was trying to work away with the fastball and on both homers, he tried to work away. He left it, you know, low in the zone, but over the middle of the plate and both yeah. were crushed. Um, right. so now it's kind of like that just could be a confidence issue, right? Rookie first start, you know, not really sure about, you know, really like taking ownership of the inside part of the plate, but I'm going to go back on the track record. That hasn't been a thing. Um, you know, the Mariners are a tough opponent. Um, maybe that was in his head a little bit. Uh, I, I, I might watch the first start unless I'm in like, you know, 15 team league or a deep league and I would roll the dice, but, but I'm intrigued by him. I think he could be u- usable down the stretch. Yeah. I think he's a decent stream against the Tigers. I think he kind of go for it. Yeah. I, th- I, I think know. especially like if you need a win, um, yeah, you know, maybe yeah, yeah. you're playing I, that I, game. It's weird. I haven't really thought about the Reds as a win team. I guess I should. I mean, they're like right above 500, right? Like right there. Yeah, I mean, they're especially yeah. when they're when they're facing the Tigers. <laughs> you can think That's about them a as a win team. That's an absolutely a good point. Uh, but um, but yeah, for the rest of these guys, I mean, we don't know if it's Andrew Abbott. There's there's word that there's to be determined uh for mm-hmm. uh for Thursday, which means that they might be slowing down Andrew Abbott, who's around 150 innings now, which makes a ton of sense. The question is like, all right, what what are we going to see of Abbott the rest of the way, if at all? So if you have Andrew Abbott, who has not been good, um, the pendulum has swung the other way. Remember how absurdly high everyone was on Andrew Abbott when he first came yes. out? It was it was a little much. Um, but I but you know, I mean, he could be good enough for the Guardians. I see him as like essentially a Toby, but slightly better. And on a night that like he could have that good fastball and 
good breaking ball, but I just don't know what, what he's going to do on a given night. I don't know yeah. what Andrew Abbott's approach is. It changes so often. He's trying to maybe do high four seamers and then maybe it's a sweeper or a curveball or a change. I don't know. Help me help you, <laughs> Abbott. It's it's hard to trust people that you don't know. Um, yeah, there it is. And that's why we're getting to that's why we're getting to know each other on this on this podcast. (laughs) Um, We got the we got the Cleveland Guardians next. Another team that's filled with with young pitching. Um, Cal Quantrill, Logan Allen, Lucas Giolito, Tanner Bybee and Gavin Williams. What's this team called and why is it called that? You know, I got to say one of my favorite parts about bringing on Eric to be uh, the co-host here is that he doesn't know. uh, Well, I can beat him to the ad break. So you know what? We're going to answer that after this break. This podcast is sponsored by Underdog. Want to make money making picks on MLB games? And you have to try Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. In Underdog's Pick'em game, you just pick your favorite baseball players and predict whether they will go higher or lower on stats like strikeouts, hits, and more. Pick to two to five players, get all your picks right, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Be sure to sign up with the promo code PITCHERLIST and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100 so you have some bonus cash to start playing with. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy com or underdog fantasy in the app store sign up with promo code pitcher list and get your first deposit doubled up to $100 must be 18 year older 19 year older in Alabama and Nebraska 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates terms apply concerned with your play call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org in Arizona call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in New York call 1-877-8 Hope and why in Tennessee call 1-800-889-9789. So the Cleveland Guardians, this, man, this would be the, um, this is like on the airplane where they give you a selection of different snacks. And I just don't know. I, I, that, that's what it is. I never know what to choose. I never want to. Cheez-Its. No. Well, the thing is, I don't feel comfortable as an adult. Saying to other adults, yes, I want the cookies. You know, I, there's just something about that that to me is just. But sometimes I want the I want to have the whatever the cookies are that they have, right? And uh, so I generally just go for the chips because of that. Also, hey, less sugar is fine with me. I uh, so yeah, the chips, whatever they are. Hopefully, they're sun chips. But it's not always good. And like you get the the Rangers twice here, and you've got some good matchups, and it should be fine, and should be whatever. Um, but for the most part, you're going to start all of these. Just avoid Lucas Giolito by being Williams against the Rangers and maybe Cal Quantrill against the Orioles and Logan Allen against the Orioles. And that's it. You know, that's it. It's simple, people. It's simple. So easy. Uh, I think it's pretty easy with the next team, too. Uh, it's the Colorado Rockies. Yeah. Uh, Chris Chris Flexen, Ty Black, uh, Chase Anderson, Peter Lambert, Kyle Freeland. What's this team called? Why is it called that? And should we pay attention to any of these guys? It's OEO. That's the name of it because it's killer tofu. No one wants it. So just don't touch it. Was a Doug reference. That is a Doug reference. Boom. Yeah. 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 You don't want any of this. Flexin block. It's the perfect name. Kyle Freeland. I know. They, uh, what's kind of interesting, they just had this whole series in San Francisco and I was thinking, oh man, one of these guys are actually going to be good on the road. None of them were. Just none of them were. It was terrible. Move on. Yeah, please. <laughs> move on. And then you move on to the Detroit Tigers, who on the surface, we maybe shouldn't be interested, but the schedule is pretty good. Uh, Alex Fido, 
Eduardo Rodriguez, Reese Olsen, Tarek Skubal, and then Sawyer Gibson Long. Uh, what's this team called and why is it called that? I think it's Banana Bread. Um, because Interesting. it needs to go, it needs to be bad. Like the bananas need to go bad for you to make banana bread, mm. you know? And then from, from this, like not quality, you're going to get quality. And, uh, cause, cause look, Sawyer Gibson long. Also, I think it was like, I saw on fan graphs or something that was also an Alec Gibson, which I didn't know. I don't know. There's like a different name from it. Apparently I even looked into it. It was very late when I saw it. I like this guy. I think, honestly, this might be the sneakiest pickup for you to make as he goes against the Angels and the Athletics and the Royals. And the the comp I have for Sawyer, actually, I'm curious if you can come up with it. Don't read, I don't know if you read the notes already for the list. I spoiled it already. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Do you agree with it? Um, Yeah, I could see that. I, it, hadn't see, ju- okay. it hadn't jumped into my mind, but reading it, I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Okay, it's Logan Webb because Gibson Long... Throws a change up first as a right-hander, then tries to get sinkers for called strikes. And I think he does have a larger inf- emphasis on the slider that Webb, than Webb does now. But there was a time that uh, Webb was using the slider more than he is now. And that's kind of what I see with this. I mean, obviously Webb is better, but this could absolutely work against some weak offenses here. Yeah, I mean, we talked earlier about being change-up focus when we were talking about Bayo. And so I right. think the same, you know, lather, rinse, repeat, the same things apply. Um, yes. I'm kind of most intrigued by Reese Olsen of this mm. group. Um, you know, he is obviously the stats have backed it up recently, um, but, but I kind of just like something about the way he pitches. You know that there's, um, there's just something about guys where when you're watching them pitch, the presence on the mound, the way they attack hitters, sometimes you just don't put a stat to it. You're just kind of like, I, I just like this guy on the mound. Sure. Um, I kind of feel that way with Riesel. Yeah, I've talked about that before. Of When you watch a guy, do you feel like he's battling himself or the batter? And Riesel at times definitely is fighting against the batter as opposed to himself, right? He's able to do things that he wants to do and command it. Really good slider uh, with Reese Olsen. And uh, it's, I will say with uh, Sawyer Gibson Long that we were just talking about, the slider's better than Bayo's. Mm-hmm. So that makes me a little bit more inclined to say that he's more than just a change-up sinker guy. But I, uh, but yeah, with Reese Olsen, I like the Angels one. Dodgers is unfortunate. After yeah, that's that. a no. Um, and the only problem I have really with Olsen is I think he's more dependent than I would like on his secondaries. That is, the slider's always going to be there and be good. Is his fastball, his four-seamer and sinker going to get inside enough? Is he going to actually get whiffs on his changeup? And at least with Sawyer Long, at least from what I saw from one game, which again is not a real great sample, uh, I did feel like he had more overall command of three pitches um, than we saw from uh, from Reese. But but yeah, I mean, that could be a very sneaky one with Reese Olsen. He's, both of those guys are going to be questionable starts for me, I think. Maybe even both be improbable. I think I actually probably start yeah. Reese and, and Sawyer. Uh, and Sawyer doing? Sawyer does avoid... It makes me think of Lost. It makes me think of the show Lost, always. Oh, right. Um, is there but, a guy named Sawyer? I didn't put myself Yeah, there is. Um, but he avoids the Dodgers. He gets the Angels, the Athletics, and the Royals, yeah. which is a pretty nice uh, trio so, to end the year. So um, we have the Astros next. Justin Verlander, Hunter Brown, Kristen Javier, JP France, Framber Valdez. What's this team called? Why is it called that? I feel like it's smart food. Um, hmm. You guys know smart food. Uh, the, the lovely popcorn. And it's like, okay, this is this can be very good and feel like it's a safe bet. 
but also it can be really frustrating getting the kernels in your teeth. It's like popcorn to me. We have a love hate. I think I think people overrate popcorn because <sighs> you know it's a short term investment and not a long term one. That's you why know? it's good. No, no, no. If you just need a little snack, but it, it doesn't make you feel like then twelve a.m. pizza. In a worse position after. Love it. Nothing like an action yeah. movie and some popcorn. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, of the guys here, I mean, Verlander, you're just going to start. Uh, Hunter Brown is Hunter Brown and JP France are very interesting. Christian Javier, mm-hmm. I'm pretty much done with because he had that one. I, honestly, the start against the Yankees was the best start I've seen from him for ages because he had both his forcing and slider working. Did not have it in the last one. It's like, okay, no. Framber Valdez doesn't throw his curve in, in Cutter. And actually, talking to Eno about it uh, in San Francisco, I was like, Framber Valdez. And I was before he even could say, he goes, he's not throwing the cut. I'm like, I know. I love that. That's like the best moment to ever have with Eno. Um, but uh, he should have it back. It's a glorious schedule, so you're just going to do it. But Hunter Brown and J.P. France, I couldn't decide which one I liked more because Brown gets four starts, likely, while France gets three. But then again, Hunter Brown could not get four because he's been throwing a lot of innings. And they might just yeah. kind of slow him down, especially considering the last game would be the last day of the season. They might say, you know, we're good. <laughs> we don't need to throw Hunter Brown again. So that means that France gets the Royals twice in the Mariners. Well, Hunter Brown gets Oakland, but then the Orioles before the Mariners. I mean, which one would you choose here? Uh, I I kind of think I'm out on Brown right now. Um, I mean, yeah, everything sure. has been worse in the second half of the year. Yeah. Like literally ev- every pitch, nothing has. I mean, I guess the only thing you can say is he's getting more swings and misses with the fastball. Because he's going uh, but it's also he's trying to do. The but it's also getting there. crushed. Yeah. Because he can't get the slider and curveball to go down and do the right thing. Yeah. So, <sighs> um, I I am intrigued by him by the upside. I, I know he's still a little bit of he's got a little bit of that shiny new toy. People still want to you know put him in their lineups because we've seen how good he is. But I just yeah. feel like he's hitting up on an innings limit, and nothing has been good in the second half. And so you know, will I start him in the one off um, against? Oakland, sure. Yes, you have to do that. But I think I sit him for Baltimore and Seattle, and maybe I sit him at Arizona, too, if he even gets that start. Yeah, sure. I mean, with France, at least you get two. So, But even France, I mean, France is interesting because he's kind of a kitchen sink guy. I I can never really figure out what exactly he wants to do. And that that game against the Red Sox don't hold against him because he would have been out far earlier than 10 rounds. But Dusty even said that he wanted to try to get him through it so that the bullpen could rest and it didn't happen no so yeah i guess yeah you probably do go france if you need to choose the one of the two because he does get two starts but yeah i'm just i think brown is very interesting for next year there's a whole conversation we're going to have about that about 2024 of course the the day after the season ends i'll have my top 200 out for everybody because you're Um, a madman well because what else am i gonna do it's for you know, the people. It's Monday. I got to do the list. Like I, I want to get it out of the way. That's like sure. I do that, and then I, you know, prepare then for February. You know, I got to, yeah. got to get it out. Um, got to do. Who we got next? We got the Kansas City Royals. It's Jordan Lyles, Alec Marsh, Zach Greinke, Cole Raggins, Brady Singer. What's it called? Why is it called that? And there's one non-Cole Raggins starter on this team that I'm intrigued by. Who is it? Why? I mean, I know who it is, but. Eh. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's Alec Dersh. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, this is like the variety donut pack because, like, there's really you just want like the chocolate frosted one. No one wants the normal donut, you know. Does anyone actually want the unglazed, unpowdered donut? No, 
Why does this exist? Why did you do this? <laughs> you know, so I mean, yeah, Cole Reagan's, I've, I'm starting him through this. Reagan's pew, 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 all of that. Uh, the, it was the most ridiculous start. Enough people have talked about how stupid that Jay's game is. Glad we all understand how amazing he is now. And I'm starting him against the Astros. I think he's just that good. Um, and Alec Marsh, he gets the White Sox, Guardians, and Detroit. And I understand those are good matchups. I don't think that Alec Marsh's stuff is that great. The the changeup and cur- sorry the curveball and and slider have their moments. Sometimes mm-hmm. the fastball is good enough. It's cherry bomb esque even against the weak opponents. It is sneaky, like a fifteen teamer. I get it. Yes, but I don't want to do this at all. Sure. So what I what I wrote about Alec Marsh last week is that I if you squ- I said if you squint you can see the foundation of a fantasy friendly starting pitcher. Sure. Um, Because the curveball and the slider have performed well this year for the most part. And now he's starting to lean into them a little bit more. Um, The curveball was his most used pitch in his last start, 40% whiff rate, 42% CSW. Um, The dude misses bats. He has always missed bats. 66 strikeouts in 56 innings this year, missing bats in the minors. And so I am intrigued by somebody with a track record of swing and miss who has a few workable pieces that seem to be performing at a major league level. And I'm not saying he's there yet. I'm, I agree in your article where you say you'd avoid in, in 12 teams. I would too. But I think in a 15-teamer, I'm intrigued enough that I could probably talk myself into some of these. With the exception of the Boston start on September 2nd, He's been pretty good for like the last six weeks. Yeah. So, okay. A couple things quickly on Alec Marsh. Uh, has not gone six innings since um, when? Uh, since July 15th. By the way, that July 15th start was the 11th strikeout game. And also the same day that Cole Reagan's made his first start for the Orioles. And that's the one that mattered. And, uh, and everyone was like, oh, my God, Alec Marsh. I'm like, no. Sorry, it's Cole Reagan's. I've said that so many times. I'm so sorry. Uh, last start. That slider has really been the missing bats pitch this year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's twenty one percent swing strike rate, curveball fourteen percent, but huge called strike rate on that one. That's why it has a thirty eight percent CSW. However, the slider is around a sixty percent, slightly under strike rate. In the last start, it was a thirty one percent strike rate, which is so unbelievably bad. It should be double yeah. that. And even he then, also- like, can you get like a couple more? Yeah, he also had a great slider, and then he kind of, at least if you go by Statcast, turned it into a sweeper in the in the middle mm. of the summer. Like he yeah. added, he added um, break to it and took away yeah, a little. Sorry, he added yeah. horse or sweep, you know, and, and took away right. some of the vertical drop, um, and it still performed well. But it does, I mean, you know, it gives up a ton of barrels. So like, I wish he would go back to the the slider he was using earlier, but. All I'm saying is I think there are workable pieces here and there's a chance he can put them together. And 100% we're on the same page about it, especially against the White Sox too, who are going to lean into swinging on those sliders. Um, It's just about, can you get through enough strikes with it and uh, then be decent enough with the fastball? Uh, Yeah, there's something there. Maybe Brady Singer. I'm curious how he did today against the White Sox, uh, but next starts are bad for him and we're not going to do that oh that also rained out look at that i'm just so good at figuring out who the rainouts are <laughs> you always you know the rainouts yeah <laughs> um we're going with another kind of like gross to figure out six-man rotation it is the los angeles angels um 
We've got Patrick Sandoval, Chase Silseth, Griffin Canning, Tyler Anderson, Kenny Rosenberg, Reed Detmers. Uh, what's this team called and why is it called that? Oh, boy. Um, this is this is like chips and salsa, but at a game. Like, so oh. like it's like a, like an event, like a party or something. Okay. Because you don't know what the salsa is. You know, it's like mm. you have no one to tell you what it is. You don't know if these chips are going to last. When you dip it in, is it going to crack or not? But you look at it and you go, you know what? Griffin Canning's got the, the Troy end and then Oakland. So does Tyler Anderson and Kenny Rosenberg. And those guys can, that could be quality, you know, it's what I got. But boy, do I, you see the look of that chip. It is a thin chip. That it ain't, it ain't going to last if I go with Patrick Sandoval and Chase Silseth and Reed Detmers. It is going to snap in half. So you gotta be careful. I like that. I kind of I want some chips right now. I don't necessarily <laughs> want many of these pitchers, uh, but I want some chips. So, so nobody here you're really trusting. Them, I mean, takeaway. honestly, I think that's very sneaky with Tyler Anderson and Kenny Rosenberg. They're both Tobies. Kenny Rosenberg is a lefty that throws changeups, ninety ninety one mile per hour fastballs, and he's gone like essentially six innings in the last two starts, uh, out of nowhere, kind of, and he gets Detroit in Oakland for two of his next three. That could be something. Griffin Canning, I think, is a great strikeout play. He's a probable start mm-hmm. for me. Um, Twins, I'm a little more worried about. Uh, has a lot of um, has a high hit per nine. Griffin Canning, I think it's because he could just kind of throw his fastballs in the zone too much. Um, but when he's able to really rely on his breaking stuff and be like a 30% fastball guy, Griffin Canning can be great. Still, Seth Sandoval, no Detmers, I know former love, but. He has not been himself. Velocity has been dropping. When I when I got excited about Demers, it was 95 with curveballs yeah. for strikes and precision with that slider. And then it just went away and has not returned. So we're not going there. Canning is my favorite. Silseth is my oh, yeah. favorite in the long term. Um, I'm hopeful that, you know, he maybe gets some some run next year. We'll see. Uh, um, I don't like Silseth. I, I mean, I'm I, happy that he's okay. If he's pitching tomorrow, that's a great thing. We're yes. on Wednesday because that means he's okay and everything. That's great. It was we a can, new slider. We can debate it in the, the offseason because I in, I enjoyed the new slider. I, yeah, I liked but it. Noah rule. Sure. I don't think the splitter is a consistent thing. Sure. That's, that's well, the only thing I got against it. Tabled for the offseason. Yeah, we'll um, yeah, I'm we'll excited to talk yeah. about Chase Silseth. <laughs> um, Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, next up, we got Lance Lynn, Ryan Pepio, Clayton Kershaw, Bobby Miller, Gavin Stone, who we already know what you think about him. Um, what's this team called? Why is it called that? This is, I don't know, some ridiculous demented Oreo combination. Like, okay. you know, it, it's like, you know, it's Oreo. It's great. It's classic. It's always good. Except that for whatever reason, it's it's blueberry mix or something. Like, why? Why are we doing this to my Oreo? You know? And this rotation is ridiculous right now. We might not even see Clayton Kershaw until like, the last week of the year or something. I don't know what's going on with him. Lance Lynn has not been good. However, it's still an Oreo. So after the after the Padres for both Pepio and Lynn, I actually prefer Pepio against Detroit, San Francisco, San Francisco. It's kind of wild, but Pepio looks great. Changeup is good, and Slider is mm-hmm. doing well, and fastball is good enough. And Lance Lynn's been ridiculously weird, but we're just going to do that. Bobby Miller, I think I'm just going to start regardless because of the it's Mariners, Giants, and Coors, and Coors isn't so bad. And Gavin Stone, I'm just completely avoiding. I'm going to look at him like no. You, Sarah, you're going to take this one. I'm not. I'm not eating this. You know, I think what the term you're looking for also is the the worst Oreo. There's a there was a banana split Oreo. Oh, that, boy. why? Um, why? Nobody knows. 
Who yeah. knows? Probably money, corporate commerce, <laughs> usually, greed. Who knows? Usually, usually it's money. Um, my the Miami Marlins are next. We've got Edward Cabrera, Braxton Garrett, Yuri Perez, good old Johnny Cueto thrown in there, and Jesus Lazardo. What's this team called, and why is it called that? Oh gosh! Oh man, I'm running out of snacks. I, okay, I know. I thought it sounds crazy. I'm trying to think of my own pantry right now. What is there? Uh, I don't know. Pistachios. Pistachios. Okay. Yeah, you know, some people love pistachios, some people don't. Gets a little messy. Uh, there's some things to love, some things to hate. Pistachios. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's the slogan. Pistachios. For their brand. <laughs> Moving forward. Some things to love, some things to hate. Yeah. Lots of shells. You don't want to do that, probably, but maybe you do. Maybe, maybe you do. Don't touch Cueto. Albert Cabrera, kind of interesting now. He looked great against the Dodgers. Finally threw fastballs for strikes. It was really cool. Wonderful mm-hmm. command. Probably doesn't stick, but you know what? Brewers at after 70 pitches against Atlanta. Okay. Uh, that should be 80 or so. Atlanta, you want to avoid, but everything else is fine. Braxton Garrett, he's a Toby. That's okay. Yuri Perez. Oh, yes. Four luscious starts. One thing I do want to mention, though, is it could be a six man. It's possible. Yep. It makes sense for the Marlins. Um, they pulled it away, apparently, but maybe not. Could be Daniel Castano that shows up. Which does mean that uh, it does turn into Brax. I'm sorry, avoids Eric Cabrera's Atlanta start, which would be lovely. Absolutely, give that to Castano instead, and then everything's fine. So we'll see how this pans out. Yuri likely does not get that last outing. Uh, I do not expect that to happen for him. So uh, just keep that in mind. And uh, yeah, the Marlins, whatever. <laughs> yeah, the Marlins, whatever. Yeah, and on whatever. to the Brewers. Um, Freddie Peralta. Colin Ray, Wade Miley, Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff. Um, what's this team called? Why is it called that? This is the box of chocolates. Because you never uh, know what you're going to get. Yeah, I know it sounds like it is, <laughs> but you do. Because actually we do have the thing that says what they we are. Do. Yeah. But a lot of them are bad. Like some of them are just like, I don't, I'm not going to have that one. I'm going to give the coconut one over there because I hate coconut and stuff. It's oh, nice. give it to me. Pass it on. Coconut, it's like the worst texture. I don't get it. It's like I try to I try to chew and just is like there. It's it's as if I got plastic inside of my meal. You know, it's like it doesn't go away. You chew on it and it slides along your teeth. Ugh. No. So that's Colin Ray, you know, and then you have Wade Miley. It's like, I look, I just want some chocolate. I don't care that it has some raspberry I wasn't expecting, you know, uh, fine. It could be all right. Still, that's good. And then Peralta burns and Woodruff like, duh, yeah, let's go. Give me that peanut butter one. Give me the caramel. Oh, yeah. This is the good stuff. Truffle. A little truffle. truffle. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I, I love what Freddie Peralta has done in the second half of this year, which awesome. many people talked about him doing. Um, and it has come to fruition, which is great. Amazing. Um, next team is the Minnesota Twins. Joe Ryan, Dallas Keuchel, Kenta Maeda, Pablo Lopez, Sonny Gray. What's this team called? And why is it called that? This is, uh, I mean, it's funny because every team could be the same thing of like a variety with like one being bad or, or not. So I'm just going to call it the everything bagel. Uh, and, you know, how you put spread on it really makes everything happen, right? It's a good foundation. It's got a lot of things in it. But, you know, if you can screw it up, Dallas Keuchel, okay? You still can screw it up. But most of the time you got an ace and like Sunny Gray, amazing. And Pablo Lopez and Kenta Maeda, even Kenta Maeda who has been better the last two with a splitter and slider. I'm more encouraged now. He gets the White Sox in Oakland in two of his four. At Cincinnati, not nearly as bad as it used to be. And at Coors, not nearly as bad as it used to be. Probably don't start for the Coors one. Fine. And Joe Ryan, I think we're going to like enough that we're going to start him in Coors. I mean, this is easy. 
Base- Fantasy baseball is easy, guys. It's easy. It's very easy. I also so wrote easy. about Sonny Gray this morning. Um, obviously, small sample because it's, it hasn't been that many starts in, in September, uh, but seems to be leaning into the sweeper a little bit more, which I really like because it's really good pitch. Um, and yeah, it's a, so it's been a roller coaster this year of like, what does Sonny Gray do? It was yes. a curveball early on. Like that yeah. was everything in the sweeper. It was like, okay, I'm going to get some whiffs here and there, but not a high strike rate. Yeah. As you mentioned, yeah, the sweeper has been more of a thing now. The curveballs disappeared. The thing you don't want to ever see with Sonny Gray is that he tries to get his outs with just fastballs. And it's like, oh, no, right. no, 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 no. Yes. That's not yeah, that. That fastball usage has, has kind of plateaued a little bit. He also got rid of, um, or again, not many starts in September, but he's limited the use of the cutter and then didn't throw it at all in his last start. Yeah. Um, but you never know, okay Sonny. Yeah. New days, um, the weather. Um, oh, we were just going to skip him. I was going to – this is like the way the Mets are that I almost skipped the Mets skip for the them. Yankees. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, you're a Brooklyn boy, but you're a Red Sox fan, but – we have Honestly, to talk at about heart, you're a Mets guy. Come on. Let's we have to talk about the Mets. Uh, I, we had, we had seasons tickets back when I was a kid and they sucked and they, they were affordable and it was great. Dallas I was at Green. the, I was at the, um, Todd Pratt walk off home run against oh, Arizona and the, the playoffs. It was great. Yeah. Shea stadium was built like a dump and the whole thing shook. <laughs> it was great. It was I was at the experience. very first Colorado Rockies game, uh, in 93 opening day. Uh-huh. I, I, I somewhere have the pin of the Colorado Rockies, which is so funny because yeah. it was a Mets game. <laughs> <laughs> the Mets, the most the Mets had a great game. quarter pound chocolate chip cookie back at Shea Stadium. Oh, it was aggressive. God. And right. uh, yeah, since I mean, just quick story because I am big snack. So we talked about it. I uh, yeah. once went to left, left my seat when I was about 12, 13 years old to get a quarter pound chocolate chip cookie. Yeah. And a foul ball came and hit my seat. And my friend oh, jumped no. under the seat and grabbed the ball, and he still has that ball. And I don't have that cookie anymore because <laughs> I ate it, and I felt shame. Oh, so. my gosh. Uh, the, the classic pitcherless story, this was a meetup in 2000, I think, 21, where Ben Brown and Chris Weber were there. And they, I think around the, I want to say like the fifth inning, went to get a waffle. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you know these waffles? They are they're the, the waffle cones, but they're actually yeah. waffles. They're not like... Waffle cones, as you know them, it's just an actual waffle that they spin around. And then they put ice cream and all this good stuff on it, right? So they leave for it. The game ends. They're not back. Okay? But it's fireworks night. So literally, we sit there and we enjoy fireworks. They are not back. We are leaving the stadium. Everyone is gone. But the thing is, Ben Brown and Chris Weber were the last ones to pay. So they had to make it for them. And they, the stadium was empty, and they were waiting for their waffles. And they got them, and they were said that it was delicious. <laughs> uh, so it's totally worth it. The end, <laughs> totally worth it. Look at the waffles Pro- in City Field, guys. Probably unlike starting any of these Mets pitchers, but it's oh, Jose Budo, Joy Lucchese, Kodai Senga, David Peterson, Tyler McGill, Jose Quintana, the most fearsome six-man rotation you've ever seen. What's this team called? Why is it called that? This is the, uh, oh, this is candy corn. It's good in the beginning, but it's terrible at the end. What about this is good in the beginning? Oh, you mean like when it was Scherzer and Verlander? I'm saying Quintana against the Reds. I'll take that. Oh, sure. Isenga is good. And then Tyler McGill has been really good against the Reds, but then they Mm -hmm. get the Phillies. 
And then uh, David Peterson had 10 whiffs on four seamer in the upper third. I don't think it's going to be repeated, no. but maybe it is against the Reds. I don't know. Uh, Joey Lucchese's schedule is better. He gets Arizona than the Marlins spice if this is truly a six-man, uh, which would make sense. They probably want to limit Kodai Single a little bit too here. But I don't want to do it. Uh, the churve is so weird. And Jose Budo actually did throw 95 all of a sudden in his last start. And maybe it's decent enough against the Diamondbacks and Marlins, but just, I don't know. Just attack the Reds series and that's it, really. Yeah, I don't think you need to talk yourself into the other ones. I no. I thought I was going to be in on Peterson. I wrote about him today. I, I'm just really not. I don't believe in the, the fastball enough. I know it worked yeah. well for him in the last start. I just don't. I don't believe in I'm it. With you. The slider's not um, what it used to be, man. He changed yeah. it. Why did you change it? Why? People are always, always tinkering. Too much tinkering. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a quote Jed Lowry uh, said to me, which was, oh, he's dumb enough to be good. That's what he heard a scout say when he was doing a showcase. I thought that was so good. What I When I was – a story that my coach always told me growing up, which stuck with me, was about Lenny Dykstra and that Lenny Dykstra hit a leadoff home run and came into the dugout and his teammates said, what pitch did you get? And he said, I have no idea. There it is. And it's just like – Lenny Dykes, a phenomenal hitter, did not over. He just yeah. he didn't overanalyze that kind of stuff, right, and right, I right, yeah. I love that story. You don't need to dig into yeah. it all the time. Um, yeah. We'll stay in New York with the next team. It's the Yankees. It's Carlos Rodon, Johnny Brito, Michael King, Garrett Cole, Clark Schmidt. What's it called, and why is it called that? This would be. Oh man, I don't know. Three Musketeers. Because like if you have too much of a three musketeers, it like gets that weird feeling in your mouth. You know, it's like too hot almost. You know what I mean? Like too much nougat. Nougat? Nougat? N- nougat? Nougat? Nougat. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's like it it's it doesn't like the first couple bites are good, but then it gets like too much. Okay. You know what I mean? Uh and Garrett Cole obviously is always gonna be good even against the Jays here. Clark Schmidt, Pittsburgh, and Arizona cool. Michael King is very interesting. But it is Fenway, Jays twice, and I don't know if I love it. Um, it could still work out for him, but I don't, I'm not really that in. Crossword on what? Uh, 94 on the velocity and the fastball. I was very much in on Rodon. I really thought it was gonna he was going to turn around. I was getting 18 whiffs in a game, and then, then he just takes a massive step back last time, and you can't trust him. And Johnny Brito, please don't. I mean, the ceiling is like five innings and like two strikeouts. Yeah, I did want to ask you about Michael King because the the innings aren't really there in terms of him going deep in each game, but he's got a 1.80 ERA over the last month with a 27.7 strikeout minus walk ratio. And when he faced the Brewers in Houston in his last two starts, 10 innings, nine hits, two earned runs, 13 strikeouts. Right. Uh, so sweeper, sweeper's pitches. missing a lot of bats. Like yeah. maybe Michael King, the starter, is a thing. I don't dislike it. It's just the matchups are bad. I mean, Fenway, yeah. I don't think I actually really showcase in this. Pitching in Fenway is the lead offense, essentially. That's just what the Red Sox are right now in Fenway. Um, and the Jays, you can say whatever you want about the Jays. Like, is that that good of an offense? Or are they not? I don't really know. Um, with Michael King, he is 79 pitches in his last start, which means actually he is 85 to 90 now, which is pretty cool. Sinker is, like, think of it as a Brady Singer almost. Of Sinker's getting called strikes 12 in his last game. Then you have a, a slider slash sweeper, uh, and that is trying to get whiffs, but he also has a decent changeup at times. I, I kind of like it. He's a kitchen sink-esque kind of guy, really rooted in that sinker, 
but I don't really feel like there's that extra push of filth from Michael King. And that gets me a little worried um, that it maybe, you know, I understand nine strikeouts in five innings against the Brewers. Don't get me wrong here, but 11 whiffs for those nine strikeouts is a little mm-hmm. like, okay, that's a little too cold strike dependent for that to really last. Yeah, I, I hear you. Perfect. Perfectly talked me out of that. So I love <laughs> it. Um, next start. It's the Oakland Athletics, J.P. Sears, Paul Blackburn, Sean Newcomb now in this rotation, uh, Luis Medina, Ken Waldachuk. What's this team called? Why is it called that? It's celery. Like you feel like you might get something out of it because it's Detroit and L.A. at the very end, but it's, there's nothing there. It's not even a it's not even a real snack. Celery. Yes. So I do want to mention that Ken Waldachuk is being opened for by Mason Miller. And I actually have the table as Ken Waldachuk, and then I have the notes as Mason Miller, but then I put in the team notes that's Ken Waldachuk. Um, and I never spell his name right, and I spelled it with a CK, which is why he's not tagged in the list, um, instead of just, the, just a CHUK. Doesn't matter, Nick. Uh, Mason Miller, 40 pitches is where I expect him to go tonight. I'm very curious to see what that was, which means he'll probably be around 60 at best against the Padres in the next one, which you don't want to do. But then you'd be around 70, hopefully, for Detroit. And you say, Nick, that's not enough. I'm like, yes, it is. When you're facing Detroit and you're Mason Miller, you can just throw fastballs and everything's fine. So that I would be in on. And then, of course, you're up to 75, 80 for the Twins, and I would be in on that. Mason Miller is legit, y'all. If you don't know anything about him or you're curious where he's at, I did a, a review of all 27 pitches in his return back from injury. Against the Jays, the last pitch he threw was a dotted 2-2 fastball to George Springer at 102.4. And it was brilliant. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, he's the real deal if he actually gets stretched out to 100 pitches again. And I'm excited for him next year, but we might not get much of him until yeah, in two weeks or so. Yeah, and I was I was bought into Luis Medina when he went on that that hot streak before Slider getting was really injured. Good for a it's moment. not. It was really it's good. Not, uh, it was like four starts, and then I they went away. <laughs> and and I'm it's not back since he got back. Uh, I think See, you know. I, I want to say this, everyone. The reason I, I went to Eric is because Eric understands pitch mix stuff. I think I think something that Eric would agree with me is that when it comes to pitch analysis, the the or pitcher analysis, the most fun way to do it is to break it down by the arsenal. And understand that not necessarily just like the results that they're having. It's about what pitches are they throwing and how does that correspond to results? What are the actual skills? Mm-hmm. And that is what matters most. And you're like, hey, Medina, I was in on because of the slide. I'm like, exactly. That's it. That's why, Eric, you're here. I love it. Well, I'm here to sell you on Luis Medina. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, Walton. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, I mean, that's, yeah, that, that is like the whole purpose of a catcher, right? Is what are we throwing when and why, right? And you're yeah. always trying to think two, three steps ahead. Um, and all pitches work off of one another. They never, no pitch exists in a vacuum. Um, and you so know. it's important when one thing falters. What Bryce Miller's for? <laughs> yeah. When one thing falters, it usually means that, you know, there's the Jenga tower falling behind it. Exactly. Oh, um, good old Jenga. We're moving on to the Phillies. Zach Wheeler, Christopher Sanchez, Aaron Noah, Ranger Suarez, uh, Taewon Walker, Michael Lorenzen. What's this team called and why is it called that? This is me in high school because I don't know if I was a snack or not. 
<laughs> uh, no, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's a look. The Phillies, it's Zach Wheeler going against Atlanta twice, which is just he's taking one for the team. I think I'm just going to still do it. If you're an ace, if you have the ace is going to ace label, that means you just start them against the best. But it's like, oh, boy, good luck deciding that one. Christopher Sanchez, unfortunately, it got messed around, I think, this uh, rotation somehow that he's now getting Atlanta twice, which is so dumb and frustrating, and I hate everything, and it stinks. But yeah, there you go. Uh, so now you can move on from Christopher Sanchez. Aaron Nola, what on earth? Cherry Bomb. I'd actually prefer Ranger Suarez more than Aaron Nola right now. I know that sounds crazy, but he just threw six no-hit innings and then had a worse seventh against the Marlins, 10 strikeouts. The command is what we've seen. With Ranger Suarez, he's very much of a hot and cold guy that you can quickly pick it up. One game when he's in rhythm, it holds for a bit. Kind of like how it was with John Gray. And now we get some Cardinals, the Mets, and the Mets. And that feels like we're going to soar off into the sunset with Ranger Suarez. Uh, Time on Walker, I don't want to touch. I just, no. And Michael Lorenzen, I think his Vargas role came to an end like two weeks ago. And he gets Atlanta, which is already easy to avoid. But then it's the Mets twice. I don't think I want to touch it for the Mets. Yeah, and Lorenzen way over his career high innings. Um, it just... Mm. Seems like you know the end is is near. I I thought they might have even moved him into the bullpen instead of going to a six man just to limit the innings. Um, sure. But yeah, I could see being fully out on that. Yep. I kind of feel like I'm fully out on the entire next team's rotation, and it's the Pittsburgh Pirates: Bailey Falter, Quinn Priester, Mitch Keller, Johan Oviedo, Luis L. Ortiz, Andre Jackson. Uh, what's it called, and why is it called that? This, um, I would say this is the seaweed, you know, you know, that people like that seaweed stuff. I don't yeah, at all, but I, I can see that some people are like, no, 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 no. Andrew Jackson against the Yankees. The Yankees are terrible. And he can go six innings or you want to have a, you know, as a cherry bomb and Hey, being in Cincinnati isn't as bad as it used to be. Or Mitch Keller, who is still really hot, even though it was not good against the, against Atlanta, no one is. So he gets the Nationals next. I think you want to do that one. But otherwise, yeah, this is pretty bad. I I did take the chance on Andre Jackson in a few deep leagues, and I don't love it. Um, yeah. So it doesn't make me feel good. It makes me feel like Change 12 a.m. pizza. Um, <laughs> San Diego Padres are next. Michael Waka, Blake Snell, Seth Lugo, Matt Waldron, Pedro Avia. It really kind of goes downhill there at the end but the matchups are so nice what's this team called why is it called that this is uh this is essentially a bag of chips where there's way more air than you expected because it's the padres they're supposed to have all these good guys like darvish and and musgrove and they're just not here uh however <laughs> seth, uh seth lugo i love here against the athletics rocky road and the giants end the year blake Snell to me is going to be the nl cy young uh, i'm starting him against the dodgers and then he has an amazing schedule after michael waka Honestly, of all pitchers against an elite offense, the guys that could come out on top are not the ones that just have like raw stuff. It's the ones that actually are good command specialists and can really work their way through a lineup. Waka can do that. He didn't do it in his last one, but you might be surprised at at the Dodgers here, I should say. Um, Then he has an amazing schedule after. Now, you can't trust the knuckleballer, so that's Matt Waldron. We're out of that. Pedro Avila. uh, Avila? Avila? I don't know. Um... That's interesting. There could be something here with this. And if he shows decent skills against the Dodgers tonight, I might be changing my tune uh, against Oakland, the Cardinals, and the White Sox. There might be something there. I, th- I find myself more intrigued, just in general, in this rotation by by Lugo. 
Um, oh yeah, Lugo's been like the steadiest Toby of the yes. year. He's like I, almost I, the Spider Man um, with Kyle Hendricks. That is the best Toby ever. Is Toby Maguire? So, uh, we'll which see. is which is wild to me because there was no part of me that was like, oh yeah, Seth Lugo, stretch him out, make him a starter, it makes total sense. Mm. Um, he was so good in that role with the Mets, just kind of going two innings, you know, putting out fires. Um, I just love the oh, way man. he mixes the breaking balls. Um, and he's, I, I don't think he gets enough love. Eric, you're, you're a fire person. You're not a fire. You're a fire. Putting out fires. No, now, you know, yeah, I'm making you say it. Now I'm making now I'm you saying, do it. Now you're doing my fires, right? I, I, I'm learning things about you. I love this. I'll have to, I'll have to go back and listen to the original <laughs> audio and hear myself. Um, the San Francisco Giants are next. Sean Manaya, Kyle Harrison, Logan <laughs> Webb, Keaton Wynn, Alex Cobb. It looks kind of like nothing that I'm super interested in. Um, I guess my question to you is not only what is this team called and why is it called this, but is the schedule so bad that you almost can't even trust a typically reliable pitcher like Logan Webb? This is like oatmeal raisin cookies, man. I don't like I'm just disappointed. Like, because I thought I might be interested in, oh, yeah, no, Logan Webb, cool. 48% CSW for Keaton Wynn in his last start because he threw 18 whiffs on his splitter. Like, whoa, that's where Alex Cobb's splitter went. It went to Keaton Wynn. And now he gets cores and Dodgers and Padres, so I don't want to do that. Kyle Harrison is complete cherry bomb. I, we went over this in the beginning. I'm glad he had that great start uh, against the Reds in Oracle Park. But again, it's the Reds on the road and it's Oracle Park. And he was able to throw tons of strikes. And it's a really good fastball when he throws it in the zone and has a slider. Sorry, a curveball that is a slurve, I guess, but it's a curveball. Just because he has a lower arm angle doesn't mean now it's a slurve. It's a curve <laughs> still. Uh, it's like the old Rich Hill one, you could say. Okay, it doesn't matter. Um, no, but Kyle Harrison uh, got strikes with that curve then. But we don't know. He's a left-handed slinger. It's like Andrew Heaney, you know? And at the peak, it's Nick Lodolo. But I don't want... I don't want to trust that right now. He likely will be good in one of those two against the Guardians and Diamondbacks, but then against the Dodgers twice? Are you kidding? I'm not going to do that. Shamanaya, like, no. And then, yeah, that's that's all of them. Alex Cobb, I'm not touching. is a hip injury. And he's had one since, like, June. And it's a terrible schedule, so absolutely not. So, out. Um, also, I just peaked, and uh, Andre Jackson did not pitch well against the Nationals. So, super oh, glad no. I went with that. Um, oh, so sorry. Seattle Mariners, we got Brian Wu, Luis Castillo, George Kirby, Bryce Miller, Logan Gilbert. Those first two guys get the Angels and the Athletics, um, which is kind of intriguing. What's this team called? Why is it called that? Um, this is Sushi. Um, it's just like, it's one, one or two. But then you're wondering yourself, like, wait, hold on a second. If I hold on to this too long, it's going to go bad. And that is what happens with the schedule because it's Brian Wu gets, the, as you mentioned, the Angels and the Athletics, and then it's the Rangers twice, which I don't want to do. Luis Castillo, fine. He's immune. I'm not going to start Bryce Miller. I'm just not. Uh, He gets the Dodgers, Rangers, and Houston. I'm not going to do that. Logan Gilbert, do I want to? I don't know how long the sushi's been in my fridge. (laughs) And, you know, he had a good fastball for a bit, then didn't have a slider, got a slider, didn't have his fastball. Now he's kind of figured out the fastball again, but it could be gone, and it's the Dodgers and Rangers twice. I don't want to do that. George Kirby's a very interesting one. We, you know... We all know the comments he made. I'm sure he regrets it already. Um, if you didn't know, it was him saying that he shouldn't have been out there um, for his last inning of his last game. 
That's not a conversation you have to the press. That's a conversation you have with your coach behind closed doors. He's a young guy. It happens. He was frustrated. It was in the moment. It's fine. We, you know, it happens and we get over that. Uh, But he could come through here. I think I have more faith in George Kirby than I do Bryce Miller and Logan Gilbert. I imagine everyone else would too against those tough matchups. But do you want to? It's three of his X4 that are really bad. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe you go for just two here. You take a chance against the Dodgers just because you'll get the athletics, but then you drop after. I don't know what you're going to do. Uh, I mean, are you going to start him against the, the Astros and Rangers? No. You're not going to start George Kirby against the Astros. Let's say he does really well against the Athletics. I don't know. Yeah, um, I don't know either. I, I don't know. I, don't know. I mean, I guess if, if I guess if you need a if you need a safety like a safe floor. Um, I guess if you're okay, if you get a 450 ERA or whatever, like I, I, there's nothing about it that's super enticing to me. Um, yeah. Maybe I'm just overvaluing the Astros. Yeah, maybe. Um, but yeah, that's that's the situation there with the Mariners. Uh, but I like I like Brian Wu's new cutter. I think it's interesting uh, for him no, to help against the lefties. I know, one, but and, and to your bad. point, which you which yeah. you also mentioned in the article, you know, they're definitely going to monitor the innings. So right. there's a lot of it where like if you just want to win against the Angels and you know the A's, I could I could see rolling them out there, hoping to go five, um, you know, pick you up a win, get you know five six strikeouts in the process, right. call it a day. There you go. Oh, man, we're going uh, long in this podcast. Eric is the best. This is the first one. He's like, is this every single podcast? Are they all going to be this long? Um, and the answer is no, Eric. Don't worry. The answer is no. I am I am long-winded, and we're going to try to find a way to uh, narrow it down. Uh, <laughs> I think we can go quick on this next one. It's the yeah. St. Louis Cardinals, Adam Wainwright, Drew Rom, Zach Thompson, Miles Michaelis, Dakota Hudson. Uh, what's the team called? Why is it called that? It's, it's water. It's not a snack. It's nothing. It's water. You should have it, but like, no. You, you need something else here. Love it. That's it. Water. I mean, great. We're yeah, Zach Thompson. It. Cool. Brewers and Reds. I might be in for not against the Phillies. Everyone else. Absolutely not. Don't touch them. Done. Moving on to the Tampa Bay Rays. Zach Littell, Taj Bradley, Aaron Savali, Zach Eflin, Tyler Glass. Now, what's this team called? Why is it called that? And do you have a little more faith in Littell after his last out? Uh, this one is ice cream because like you feel like you should be in on the raise, but then you're eating it and you're like, I shouldn't continue eating this. Um, and it's like Taj Bradley, like, should you be continuing with Taj Bradley? He's an absolute cherry bomb. He's actually more uh opponent agnostic. That is, he performs how he performs regardless of the team he's facing. It's more about how he does with his control. Um, but it's a cherry bomb, it's a massive risk. Aaron Savali gets the Orioles and Angels and in Fenway, and that's just only good for the Angels, in my view. And Zach Littell, no, he just doesn't get wins. It's the funniest thing. He like he was the win chance guy. That's how I said it against like weak teams. But he, the Rays never supported him. I'm not encouraged by Zach Littell, and it's not a good schedule for him. Tyler Glasnow, you're just gonna throw out there anyway. And Eflin's cutter has been bad the last two games. Well, the first one, he was just so lost in the mound, like overall. And um, in his last one, it was better, but the cutter was still bad. But you're gonna do that one. I gotta ask you something. And then we'll we'll go through it quickly. But I need to hear oh, yeah. this as a pitcher. Sure. Taj Bradley came back up from the minor leagues. Yeah. Um, his changeup was around 90 miles an hour. Now it's down at 88. He took away almost all of the horizontal movement and kept mm. the drop, the vertical movement. So as a pitcher, yeah. what would be the upside of saying, okay, this changeup that usually has arm side run and dive – I don't really want the arm side run as much anymore. I just kind of want the, the dive. Why so would you want you to have, get rid yeah. of that? 
if you have a very vertical four seamer, which uh, Taj Bradley has, and this is actually what my guess is, um, if you're going to see horizontal movement on a changeup, and then all of a sudden you lose it, likely because uh, you're going from a two seamer grip to a four seamer grip on your on your changeup. And what you really want with your changeup is to mimic the same spin of your primary fastball. So if it's a four seamer that you throw like Taj Bradley, it's going completely straight. You want your changeup to look as much like that four seamer for as long as possible. Uh, if you even a great example to me is Cole Reagans, who actually doesn't grade well with PLV. Why? Because he actually doesn't have a ton of movement overall on it. It's actually, I think, below average. But it does so well, it has like a 23% swing strike rate because of the velocity difference and the fact that he has all these other pitches that it feels like when he throws a changeup, it's actually going to be the fastball. So if you rely with a changeup, if you're if you're a two-pitch guy, you need more emphasis on movement because they're mm. more akin to it, the more on it. But if you are a four-seamer focused guy and then your next pitch is a cutter and then a curveball, that changeup becomes more of a surprise pitch that will win on velocity difference and be like, oh, this is the fastball again. All of a sudden, no, it's pulling the string properly. So you want to hide any sort of extra movement that would make that more obvious. And that's why I'm all, all for that with Taj Bradley. Love it. This is the insight you can only get from Nick Pollock. <laughs> um, I'm sure you know this stuff too. You're a catcher. I know. I know. But yeah. but I but it's important. I mean, as a catcher, I wasn't involved in the pitch shape. You know what I mean? Like we weren't doing pitch sure. shape as much. Like, uh-huh. you know, I just was trying to sequence the pitches and make sure if I knew what your changeup did, I set it up properly. Yeah, there you go. Not, you know, yeah. tell you how to throw your changeup. And the um, thing is though, I circle changes. I couldn't do it. Because uh, for a lot of guys, changeups are like, wait, why can't they throw a good changeup? Uh, it depends on what finger you're good at. And for me, I can never throw with my ring finger. Uh, because if you mm-hmm. throw a circle change, what you do is now you're throwing a four seamer instead of with your index finger and middle finger, you're throwing it with a middle and your ring finger instead. And you make the circle with your thumb and index finger. And yep. I always needed to use my index finger. That was just like where everything went. So I couldn't do it. I was like, this is stupid. That's why I started throwing a splitty. <laughs> I was like, I, not for me. Uh, change up. I, change so up was my kryptonite. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. Couldn't hit him. Well, couldn't hit him well. Uh, we're going to move yeah. to the Texas Rangers. Max Scherzer, yeah. Jordan Montgomery, Nathan Eovaldi, John Gray, Andrew Heaney, Dane Dunning. What's this team called? Why is it called that? This is a Samore because, you know, it seems like really good in principle, but it gets kind of messy. And it takes a lot of effort. And it's like, yeah, like that one good bite. But like, you know, what? I could have probably done this in a different way. <laughs> uh, and if you get it just right, oh, is it good? Because like Scherzer, okay, you know what? You're going to start that one. If Evaldi gets his velocity back, which he won't because he's at 94 now and probably not going to be it. But if he does, he gets angels at the end. That could be really nice. Jordan Montgomery's in this really weird state where he, he doesn't have both his curve and change. I don't like that. He's supposed to have both of them. That's why he's been the bear, the most one of the more consistent guys through your fantasy teams this year. And I've always said that Jordan Montgomery will never be elite. He has such a low ceiling. Because the curveball and changeup are just never that good. And the fastball is always fine. And it's always just good enough. But he's never going to be like a 3 ERA, 110 whip kind of guy, you know. And then John Gray just had a weird start. And he should be better against the Guardians. But then you don't want to start against the Mariners. Andrew Heaney never. And Dane Dunning never. So I don't want to get my hands all gooey with Marshmallow. We really wanted people really tried to make Andrew Heaney a thing the last few years, and Andrew Heaney never. Just a, a quick way to kind of re- rebuke that. 
you know, the Dodgers did well with him. He all of a sudden had like the best slider command I've ever seen. From yeah, him. that was, I guess that was injury related. So not totally fair yeah, to Andrew. But, I mean, then he but has it, a small sample when he was doing well with it, right? Yes. So who knows? Um, it hasn't, it hasn't quite come together. Um, exactly. It's come together for a lot of the next team starters. Um, mm. And that's interesting because it's the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, Hyunjin Ryu, Yusei Kikuchi, Kevin Gossman, Jose Barrios, Chris Bassett. What's interesting about it is their schedule is not good, but most of them are pitching so well that maybe you just have to pitch them anyway. So yeah. what's this team called? Why is it called that? And are we just gritting our teeth and bearing it? You have Swedish swimmers, man. I don't know if you guys know these from Trader Joe's quality. It's just sweetest fish. It's just the sweetest fish. No, no, no. no. It's Scandinavian swimmers. I'm so sorry. Uh, I got it wrong there. No, 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 no. It's not just Swedish fish. I'm serious. These are so much better. They, it's oh, how okay. dare you? How we should taste you? test. Yeah, yeah, we should. I, I mean, it's great. They're delicious. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, with Ryu is the only real contention here. Honestly, I guess he gets the Texas Rangers tomorrow. That is on uh, Tuesday. Otherwise, I think every single start you just make for all of these guys. That's, I'm, I'm starting Kikuchi against the Rangers. Love it. Yeah. And I think it's probably the opposite, <laughs> uh, which is the Washington Nationals, Johanna Don, Thad, Thaddeus Ward, good old Thad Ward, former Red Sox Thad Ward, mm. Josiah Gray, Jake Irvin, Trevor Williams, Patrick Corbin. Uh, you had a pretty clear message in the article. Uh, what's this team called? Why is it called that? Are you pitching any of these guys? This is anything with Olean in it. Um, I don't know if you know what this what that is. It's essentially like the thing that they tried to use to uh, reduce like fat in uh, like chips back in like 2001 or two. Okay. And it they realized it like did terrible things to people's bodies um, and just made you sick. Uh, or you, everyone thought it was a great idea and it just made you sick. So that's what the Nationals do. Thaddeus Ward is kind of funny because he was someone in the offseason. I was like, oh, you got it in the Rule 5, and he's kind of interesting and all this. He's been so bad, and he's so not mm-hmm. what you want. Josiah Gray just even got extra rest. And that, to me, is always a sign of like, yeah, he's not in a rhythm whatsoever. And we know this because what is what is his approach? He's trying to do like cutters and sinkers and forcing. Like, you can't. And the slider and curveball is just not enough. You want a Don stuff is not good enough. Patrick Corbin, huh? Uh, Jake Irvin sometimes has moments. Like that Milwaukee star probably is the best one of all of these. And I still don't want to do it. And yeah. never Trevor. Never Trevor. Never Trevor. Was one of the one of the names my parents were considering for me was Trevor. And I'm really but glad never. I didn't do that. But never, never, never Trevor. No. Um, that brings us to the end of our team by team breakdown. Yes, um, this. <laughs> Nick, Nick also ranked 157 pitchers. Um <laughs> For the list today, important to also know uh, this is a little different than the list. If you've just, you know, if, if you're familiar with the list early in the year, uh, what Nick's done for this one um, is broken it down by tiers, uh, trying to separate between the guys you should automatically start, the guys you should probably start, the questionable tier, the unlikely tier, and the do not start, the never Trevor tier. Um, so important to pay attention to the tiers when you go online and look at this and not just like, oh, this guy's at, you know, 113 and the other guy is at, you know, 117. Without a doubt. And you can also look at the, read the blurbs on the stuff and it's like certain starts or whatever. I mean, I'm even looking at this now and I put Tarek Skubal at 16 and Brandon Woodruff at 17. I'm like, no, those tr- probably should have been reversed, but who cares? Right. You know, in any situation, are you really debating between Derek Skubal and Brandon Woodruff? No. 
you're not. It's those guys are just auto starts. Just start them, please. Yeah. 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 You'll be so fine. looking at this at the this list of 157 names, we covered a lot of guys when we were going team by team. But is there anybody you see that you just want to shout out a little bit uh, yeah. before we get going? So like auto starts here. I'm just going to say I want you to say anyone that jumps out for you in each tier. So like for me, OK, uh, and keep in mind, by the way, I put all the four start guys and the three star guys separate. Mm-hmm. So it just made more sense. I didn't want to navigate like the weight of having four starts versus three. Like, come on. Uh, so Seth Lugo to me is an auto start, yeah. which is a very important thing to denote. And I have Wheeler and Reagan's at the bottom of auto start because I understand they have really tough matchups, but I think you still just kind of do it. Um, and then I, I don't really think there's anyone else in auto start that is that interesting, but is there anyone else that popped out to you? No, I think, um, Zach Eflin is interesting just because I think people still are searching for reasons to kind of doubt him a little sure. bit. Um, there's nothing super sexy in the profile, so he's an easy guy to kind of you know, write great. off. But yeah, it is. Um, and so I like that call. And the Kodai Sengo one, we talked about him before, but I think he's been it's really been good. Unbelievable. And the if last you're like four months, first yeah, two months were terrible. Just, oh, right. And if you buy into the narrative that the Mets are bad, you sometimes just write off the team. And it's yeah. important to denote that he's he's doing pretty well. Um, sure. In the probably tier, who stands out to you? So you say Kikuchi maybe even deserves to be in the auto start tier. I mean, he's at the very top of it. So who really cares? But uh, yeah, maybe there's that one. Um, otherwise, I mean, uh, Pepio is there at 38 and I put him above some other names like Logan Webb. And I did that on purpose because Logan Webb is cores and Padres and Dodgers while Pepio Detroit giants twice are there and that's to me it's just three of those that you feel really good about versus one and a half maybe for web um but i otherwise i mean i put hunter brown in here i didn't know if i wanted to do that i really debated it i put him at the very last of the four star guys um because i just i kept going back and forth on it but jordan wicks is here um Mm -hmm. at arizona colorado rocky road um that is and uh the brewers that feels pretty cool um, and Mitch Keller is at the end of it because you're going to do it against Washington. And I feel like he's in a good enough role to do it against the Cubs too. Now against the Phillies, I don't know. Yeah. But I felt like, you know what? You're probably going to start Mitch Keller for the next two at least. Yeah. I, it's funny. I saw Hunter Brown too. And I thought I could, I could see him being in the questionable tier. Yeah. Um, right. I could see that. I like, yeah. um, right. I like seeing yeah. Brandon Williamson in this yeah. tier. Um, I mean, yeah, probably tier. And I think and he was cruising before. Yeah. And I think he was probably dropped in a lot of leagues given the absence. Um, mm. So an, a guy that you might actually be able to find on a wire in your league. So he's, he's a name yeah. that I see that's really interesting there. And Cal Quantrill four four starts mm-hmm. all worthwhile. I mean, yeah. maybe not the Baltimore one, but at least three of them. I and mean, he's a Toby all the way through sinkers inside for high O swing, which is beautiful. And then you have the cutter that just gets a ton of strikes. Yeah, and I have never been a big Cal Quantrill guy, and I think no. that the end of the season sets up no. well for him. So, uh, uh, also, questionable way, tier. Kind of, it just kind of realized to me that, if you guys don't know Eric Samolsky, he kind of looks like Jason Sudeikis, and this is a great compliment. So, I don't know if you've I've, heard that before, but I, was, I, I see it. Oh, man. I was Ted Lasso for Halloween. Were you um, really? So, you, yeah. You yeah. It, I'm sure. I shaved the beard into the mustache and the whole oh, thing. Oh, my God. You got to show me a photo of that. That's amazing. Yeah, I will. I was also coaching a... A little league baseball tournament dressed as Ted Lasso. It's great. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. Uh, and the questionable tier, who stands out to you? Uh, so I got your boy Michael King, um, mm-hmm. and Reese Olson in here. I uh, I did not know what to do with so many. I mean, this is where it gets just okay, whatever. Like Michael Clevenger is in here. Okay. 
So yeah, I put him here. I understand he's, <laughs> he's around. Um, but really, Sawyer Gibson Long is right underneath Aaron Nola. And I was even tempted to put him in the probable, to be honest. Uh, Aaron Nola is the first one of questionable. Sawyer is the second uh, for the three-star guys in questionable. And Aaron Nola is a cherry bomb right now. And being a cherry bomb is not probable because it's just what the heck is going on? I, I've tried to explain everything about it. At this point, I just put my hands up in the air. I don't know. Mason Miller is also in this because after the Padres, again, I'm going for two of the three likely. And I feel like that might be worth it for you. Uh, otherwise, I mean, Logan Gilbert's underneath Sawyer. I really want to emphasize this. Sawyer Gibson Long, to me, is a better pickup right now than Logan Gilbert. The end of the season is a wild place. But Logan Gilbert against the Dodgers and Rangers twice, to me, is not as good as Sawyer Gibson Long against the Angels, the Athletics, and the Royals. I understand the Rangers are not that great anymore, and maybe they are and they aren't. I don't know. And Gilbert, it's one and a half to me of those three. Like, that's the, that's the quality I get out of it. Like, I don't want the Dodgers one, and it's like half each against the, the Rangers. So, I don't know. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I think it's also an important lesson to learn that, like, at the end of the season, the the season long stuff doesn't matter, and your you know connection to the player, how good they are, whatever it it doesn't matter. I mean, Gilbert has three bad starts. Um, you know, we we've talked about some of the other guys, like you got Dylan Cease in the questionable tier, and I know his results haven't been great, but he's Dylan Cease, and people see the name and they don't want to move on or they don't want to take him out of the lineup, and it's just important to play your matchups here. Right. Um, you know, and we talked about before, like. I'm kind of in on Clevenger against the Royals and the Nationals. Like I'll, I will play those starts um, and I'll play them over, you know, some guys who are probably in your head ranked higher or higher profile guys. Yeah, right. Uh, and it's just what it is at this point. Is there anybody in this unlikely tier that you think is worth noting or would start? <laughs> So, like, unlikely means there's at least one matchup in here that I'm like, oh, okay, maybe this does work, right? And sometimes there's two. I mean, as I mentioned before, like, the the for Sears and Blackburn, it's Detroit and the Angels. Maybe that could work at the end of it. But, again, I don't – I'm putting less emphasis on those last two starts than the first two. Uh, and then maybe Ryan Nelson picks it up enough that we like it and Cantana. Maybe you still just want to go through that. And maybe I'm overemphasizing Philadelphia for Quintana, given how well he's pitched and had his command. Kyle Wright could be interesting. Maybe Joey Lucchese is. Maybe Pedro Villa, as 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 he has a fantastic schedule. But boy, is this really grasping at straws at this point and really just select. Like I think the best thing you can take away from this is just select starts in here that we might want to go for, because a lot of these guys are picked up on your waiver wire. Not yes. all of them. Yeah. And Alec Marsh does appear here who we talked about earlier. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's a, that, that's a lot of names, a lot of actionable information to give the people, um, which I hope we did. Cause you know, going an hour and 45 minutes, it better have been <laughs> worthwhile. Better have <laughs> been worthwhile. Tell me it was two times speed guys. Um, so if you made it this long to the end of the podcast, uh, rest assured, we will go shorter. Um, <laughs> we're going to, we're going to figure this thing out. Nick and I are going to, you know, make sure we don't get super oh, yeah, long winded. No. Um, you know, we had to get the cheesy intro thing out of the way at the beginning, but we'll, we'll fire away. We'll give you all this the content. Is, this, we'll make these sure these are the longest ones because there's just so much to cover. And that's just really yeah. important to do. And of course the do not start here. There's no one here. There's no, no. one here. You, you care about don't Am start I wrong anywhere. Is there, is I, anyone like, ah, oh, Nick, maybe I would put him up in the unlikely one. 
No. Um, no, I tried early. I tried early on to like talk myself into into Tuki Toussaint because he had some good starts, but I couldn't do it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's if the curveball becomes like a forty percent usage pitch that he's able to get enough strikes on, maybe. But you know, yeah, I mean, we talked about like you know Luis Medina earlier. I thought I just saw his name here. I did. Yeah. Um, would love to start him against Detroit. Can't do it right now. Yeah, you just can't, um, man. You can't. Maybe just so. still Seth. We'll talk about in the offseason. I'm yeah. excited for that stuff because on uh, because guys, what's going to happen there is that Eric, super good at this, and I uh, I'm excited to hear like, okay, Nick, you feel that way. However, I got this other stuff, and it's going to be a nice uh, just a change of pace with uh, uh, a viewpoint I'm not familiar with, like I was with Alex, uh, and that's going to be a good time. So, Eric, I'm looking forward you to made it. it. You made I did it. it. I First did it. First one done. First one's always the worst one. No one can get some popcorn. Yeah. (laughs) We'll get some popcorn. Uh, You have that midnight pizza. Um, But I, but yeah, it's uh, the first OTC was the worst thing ever. No one can listen to it anymore. It's, it's not accessible anywhere. Um, And this wasn't the worst thing ever. Well, that's there you go. Yeah. That's, that's great. Uh, but yeah, any, any last words here, Alex, uh, for the, for this lovely podcast and those that have stuck around this way? Uh, no, no, no last words other than, you know, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Um, I love the work you guys do at Pitcher List. Um, you know, I thought what you and, and Alex have kind of built together is great. I'm, I'm super stoked to, you know, help, you know, carry this forward as, as much as I can. Um, I'm excited to be part of this community, excited to be talking baseball all year round. Um, if you do not know me yet and you're still here, uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at Samsky NYC um, and check out my content. Uh, I post everything on there, but I'm going to have stuff coming out, multiple articles a week um, at you know NBC Sports, Roto World, and uh, excited to dive into stuff with into the nitty gritty pitching details with Nick in the offseason. Cannot wait. Uh, Eric, take us out. Uh, that's another episode of the On the Corner podcast. I'm the Pelican, Eric Samolski. And I'm the Lion, Nick Pollock. And we'll see you next week.